0: Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Two Cyber Chicks podcast. You're about to join Erica and Jax for an inclusive cybersecurity conversation designed to educate and break the stereotypes of cybersecurity professionals while providing life hacks on how to handle burnout, networking, and goal-setting. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever.
1: Hey, everybody! Welcome back to another amazing episode. Erica, are you ready for this? I'm so ready. I'm ready to dive into the world of cybersecurity, our passion area, and we're going to be talking about one of our favorite things: GRC.
2: GRC. Whoop, whoop.
1: I'm excited. I'm really, really excited today because we have the Privilege of hosting a truly remarkable guest, Lupe Peterman, with an impressive career spanning 16 years in the insurance industry and then a recent pivot into information security. Lupe is a passionate professional that everybody's gonna be able to see today or hear if you're listening to this, who really strives to help clients reduce security risk and improve decision making. Lupe's journey as a first generation immigrant has greatly shaped her professional outlook where she has learned to transform her challenges into unique learning opportunities showcasing her resilience and resourcefulness her unique combination of experience in insurance and cybersecurity has allowed her to offer her clients a unique perspective helping them navigate risk and uncertainty so today is i'm gonna say today lupe is a thriving nerd just like erica and i so we are thrilled to be able to nerd out with her again on a favorite topic that we love to talk about grc so erica are you ready to bring our guest on the show
2: come on lupe come join us and voila she has
1: arrived she so is so happy, happy to be here thank you for having me absolutely you look so lovely how are you doing do you feel good you ready for this i'm so ready yes talk about one of your favorite topics because i mean you've been in the career field like in total with school what is that three years three years in total Yep. Yeah. yeah and you went from 16 years a career in insurance and a lot of people would have just assumed, heck, why don't I just stay in insurance, but you did not decide to do that. Instead, you s- decided to do a complete career pivot. And I would love for us to be able to kick it off with you sharing a little bit about your journey of that transition, kind of what did it look like going from insurance into information security and what was your big motivation behind that shift?
3: Yeah, um so like you said I was in insurance for 16 years. And you know, I was passionate about the work I was doing. I was happy. I was thriving. Um, I saw myself progressing in that field, and thought that I was going to retire from insurance. Um, but then, you know, at some point, I started feeling like I wasn't being challenged. I started feeling unfulfilled, and I, I was not happy. You know, and I that went on for about a couple of years, um, and I kind of had, you know an inner talk with myself and just said hey you you're not going to retire anytime soon you still have a good amount of years left do you want to be miserable for those years and ultimately i decided that's not what i wanted to do um and so with the support of my husband and you're thinking and considering all the pros and cons i decided to enroll in a master's program in information security um so that was the first step um I had a friend who was actually also pursuing a degree in information security and, you know, I talked to her and it just seemed like such an interesting and fascinating industry. And I said, you know what? I have to do that. That's what I want to do. And yep. Yeah, so, you know, I got accepted into this program and I'm proud to say that I graduated this past spring. Um, it's been. Yeah, it's been <laughs> a long two years. Um, And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to secure a role in information security even while I was in school. I had initially thought that I would have to wait until I graduated and then start interviewing then. But, um, you know, the pieces fell into place and I was prepared and opportunity presented itself. So um, I I was able to secure this role and I'm just Mm -hmm. grateful and feel like it's the best decision I've made in my career.
1: Yeah, I mean, so many people that listen to this podcast are struggling with trying to break in. And this is for some people, it can take one to two years. And you recognize that you were fortunate to be able to get into a role like this, even while you were still in school. And that's, I mean, you're such, you have such positive energy about you too. And that's what I really love when we first connected on LinkedIn is like your positive mindset and your viewpoint. And I love that you were talking about How you were kind of sitting there and you're like, I'm miserable and I want to do something different. And that took a lot of self-reflection. Have you always been this person that's been kind of like self-reflection and really kind of like thinking about what do I really want to do in my life? Or was this something that transpired as you had gotten older and you were just reaching a point of like, okay, I can either stay put and just be, like you said, really miserable, or it's really time to make that change
3: it's, I wasn't always this way. It's something that I think came, comes with age. Um, and yeah, I, like, like you mentioned, I, I was very unhappy with what I was doing. Um, and I didn't want to live the rest of my career life that way. So, you know, I taught, I had, you know, two choices. I could either stay and do what I was doing, um, or try something different. And I truly believe that, you know, if you want something really badly, you can, make it work you can make it come true um obviously it's going to take sacrifice it's going to take hard work determination it's not going to come easy but if you truly want something it's got you can make it happen it's going to happen um Agreed. if you, if you go yeah. for it and it's just taking that first step i think um you know everyone would i had some people tell me like oh you're crazy you know you've been doing for, doing this for so long and you're you know i wasn't at the start of my career i had been in this you know as a professional working for many years and so um some people thought i was crazy and i should just stick it out and i said no i'm not going to do that that's not me
2: i love that you um you know you have to pick your heart and that's something that you know we all know right it's like it would be hard to stay put in a job that you don't necessarily love it's going to be hard to tackle a new challenge to learn something that you don't know and that you're kind of taking a gamble, you know, in a certain way because you don't know if you're going to love it or how much you're going to love it, right? Like you could have gone through. I know people that'll study um, an entire, you know, formal degree, and then they're like, "Do I really want to go and be a doctor?" And then they're like, "All right, I'm not even going to finish, you know, going down this path, and I'm going to pivot." And then before you know it, they've changed majors like four times, right? So we all know that. Um, I was also going to say it's super fun that you had a friend to do this with. Um, because that's super cool," she said. "I'm doing I'm doing this," and you said, "Information security sounds pretty cool. Sign me up." Jackson, and I love to do things together. Um, so I was gonna say, you know, it's really fun that you had kind of like an accountability buddy, somebody to kind of like talk things through. Did she also graduate um, just in the spring with you?
3: So she was going for her bachelor's, but she graduated um, a little less than a year ago. And yeah, oh, it's great awesome. to have someone to bounce ideas off of. And
2: well. And you're creating your own network now, like you're in a position now where you're talking to fellow cybersecurity peeps. You're starting to make those connections. You're starting to understand like the landscape. So I know while um, while you feel relatively new, as I was telling you before we click record, you're actually a seasoned veteran in the cybersecurity space because the amount of information that we consume, the amount of learning that we do. Just in one year? <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's multiple years um, worth of information. Um, I am going to do a little pivot. I've been so excited to ask you this question because, as a fellow first generation immigrant, you know, Latinas representing in the house today, um, I wanted to ask you your background, right? Like, how do you think that that has played a role in who you are today in your career, how you show up professionally? Um,
3: it's been a great influence in my career and per, per, uh, personal development. Um, you know, watching my parents hustle every day, working. My dad at times would work two jobs to provide for us. Uh, my mom was very resourceful. She couldn't work because she had to watch us. You know, we were still little. Um, but she would, you know, find ways to make money and extra cash and help my dad out. You know, she'd watch and babysit other people's kids. She'd cook and and sell food at local festivals, anything that she could come up with to make extra cash and help my dad out, she would do. Um, And they just never quit, you know, they never gave up. They faced a lot of challenges in this country. They didn't speak the language. Um, They still managed to communicate, you know, hand gestures and broken English, but they still did it. And, you know, their main purpose for immigrating to the U.S. was to provide us, their children, for a, a better, better life, better opportunities, right? And I couldn't see that go to waste. So um, me doing something that I was unhappy doing was, you know, kind of letting them down in a way, right? Because they brought us here to to do what we wanted to do and to follow our dreams. And so that definitely influenced, um, it influenced my decision and it influences how I work every day. You know, I always give my all. And if um, things go wrong. I just shake it off as best I can and, you know, move on. And it's not always perfect. You know, there are days and there are circumstances where I do feel defeated, but you know, that comes and goes. And I just keep that in.
2: Si se puede, right? That's exactly. what I always say. I'm like, you know, there is no challenge too big. We are going to keep going at it and we're going to, you know, conquer all of our wildest dreams. I think that that is something so beautiful um, that you know as children coming to this country learning a language like learning the lay of the land like having these opportunities um i think it's just so wonderful and i think that's something that all of us have you know in common is this like we saw what our parents Um, you know, had in mind for us, like they had these dreams for us. And so for us, it's like, we can't do them a disservice. And so we all want to not only make them proud, like make, make our entire like home country proud. Right. So um, I think it's awesome. I love what you're representing today. Um, I love what you're doing. You're making your children proud, your family proud, your parents, you know, everybody here. And I'm just so excited to be having this conversation with you today and learning more about you. Thank you. And it's great. I mean, as women in
3: general, you know, we know that this is a male dominated industry. We're slowly paving the way, um, but also uh, seeing another fellow Latina in this industry is really something special. Absolutely. Couldn't agree
2: more.
1: Mm, I'm loving this. e, this is so exciting. Oh, all the love. I'm feeling virtual hugs going on right now. This is so <laughs> exciting. And if you guys are watching this on YouTube, um you can see how just smiley and amazing this is. So you are in the GRC space governance risk and compliance. love the space. Um, personally came from cyber threat Intel, kind of knew the GRC space but not really obviously, this has been Erica's like, where she's My been. Bread
2: and butter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny. I was going to say that. <laughs> I was like bread and butter, but I didn't. Um and I love it. I love it cuz it's so diverse and you can do so much and you were talking about like this is your first job and something we like to do on the show is demystify cybersecurity and like really simplify kind of what this job looks like, because it's so different for every person. And you're involved with working with various different companies and helping them increase their overall cybersecurity in GRC. And you do this by leveraging different frameworks, helping them develop and establish different policies and procedures so considering the vast range of responsibilities that you likely have taken on in your position, can you take a moment, just paint a picture for us of what a normal, typical day may look like for you when you go to the office or if you go to the office or if you work remotes?
3: Yeah, I'm fortunate to be working remote. Um, but yeah, I, my day to day, as I'm sure you can both agree, you know, varies from day to day. You know, it's never the same. Today's never... Like yesterday, and it's hard to predict what tomorrow is going to bring. But um, in essence, you know, we—I work on different projects that span maybe a couple of weeks. And so far in the year that I've been in the industry, I've gotten to do a vast array of um, different types of projects and uh, work with different types of clients. And so, um, yeah, it's been—it's been a whirlwind, but it's been a joy, right? definitely. Um, you know, I've, like you mentioned, I done risk assessments for clients. I've done some tabletop exercises uh, and I'm still in the learning phase, but um, I participate in those and learn from my peers as we as we go along and and work with clients. So um, yeah, it's, it's kind of all over the spectrum and I work on different things, which I love because I get to learn
1: how to do all of it. So what is, before I pass it over to Erica, if somebody's listening and they're wanting to break into the GRC space, what is one piece of advice that you would provide them that you wish you knew before you broke in and got your first job within the space?
3: Um, I I guess I'd have to say, um, you know, reading about conducting these types of projects is different from actually performing them. Um, I feel like I've learned more on the job than I did probably reading about them during my master's program um so i would say to anyone that's looking to get into it try and get that hands-on experience because it's really going to come in handy
2: yeah that's that's great advice um any labs hands-on exercises that you can do are going to give you a lot more than just like studying for a test right um because we can all memorize things and take a test (laughs) Um, so third-party management, like third-party vendor management in particular. Um, I spent some time in this space. It's a space that I personally love. I know that you're spending a lot of time doing some third-party risk management. Um, I want to talk about third-party risk. Like I love this stuff. So let's talk about what types of risks are you seeing today, right? Like what are you seeing come up more frequently um, when you are performing these assessments? Um, Are there specific areas that you're seeing trends or areas that you think organizations should be spending more time on?
3: Um, I think the most common ones that I see um, are lacking uh, privileged access controls. Like they're not performing regular reviews of their privileged account access. I'd also say not providing the proper training, secure code training to their application developers. Um, and also s- I've seen quite a few not having a third party risk management program in place, which is kind of ironic. Um, but th- I'd say that those are probably the three most common ones that I that I'm seeing.
2: Man, okay, so the riskiest one of all Sounds like not having a function at all. Because <laughs> you can't secure yeah. anything if you don't have anything to start with, right? Exactly. Exactly.
1: It's denial. Um, it's the denial that we do in, in our world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's a denial. Just, it's not yeah.
2: there. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. no risk if I can't quantify it or if I don't know it's there.
3: <laughs> if you don't admit so, it, it's, it's not a problem.
2: Yeah. So, I mean... What are these organizations doing that don't have third party man- like risk management functions? like do they just think that the risk doesn't exist? Do they think that they can mitigate all the risk? like what kind of what kind of vibes are you getting?
3: Um, I think some of it might be they don't that they don't have the proper resources in place. you know, depending on the size of the organization, they might have a um, handful to hundreds of vendors that they have to assess. so. I think probably getting the program off the ground is intimidating and that might be a reason why they mm. they don't
2: tackle it.
1: Yeah. yeah with, that's valid. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, with anything, I think you gotta make it into like bite-sized chunks, right? That's why you do a risk assessment so that you can kind of like tier the vendors. Right. You have you to can figure out. Mm-hmm. Right, like let me do a chunk of them each quarter. Like, let me start figuring out like what the threat landscape looks like. So I'm gonna ask you, um, do you believe that it is possible to just entirely mitigate third-party risk within an organization? I would say that I don't believe it can be entirely mitigated.
3: I think that, um, you know, like I said, conducting third-party risk assessments, it's kind of a snapshot in time of the security posture at the moment that you do the assessment, but things can change. You know, there's, like we know, we all know emerging threats, you know, controls in place might not be adequate or they might become obsolete um things like that so you know it's it's important to always you know conduct regular assessments and monitor third parties because of of that change that that it happens rapidly
2: yeah absolutely and and i think that that's why you know taking that risk-based approach putting in mitigating controls having that function established is just so important because that's going to be an ever-changing threat landscape right so I'm with you. I would have answered the same thing, um, but it's just really important. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yeah, so it's really important, I think, just for people to understand that, like, the risk just needs to be, you need to be aware, right? So, like, know know what you have, know your vendors. I mean, um, we were talking about this a little bit when we were talking about vendor management. Like, it is incredible. How many people don't even know what vendors they've contracted (laughs) or like what information they're sharing with their vendors? If you don't know what information your vendors have, then you don't know what that classification of data is. Then you don't know what the risk is there, right? Like it's just, it's just this like downstream effect of risk, right? So um, absolutely. I think that this is something that needs to be um, just managed. And I hope that anybody listening out here is just like, yeah, vendor risk management is really important. I should, I should learn more about that, or I should make sure my organization has something in place. Um, so, you know, while we're here, um, I know that either we've got some listeners or we've got some people tuning into the video. They want to watch your journey. They want to see, you know, all of the amazing things that you're going to uh, accomplish throughout your career. What is the best way for some of our listeners or viewers to follow your journey?
3: I think the best way would be to connect with me through LinkedIn. That's that's primarily my my the best way to contact me.
2: Awesome. So Lupe Peterman on LinkedIn. You heard it here first. Um, so we are so excited that you came on the show, Lupe. Thank you so much for sharing your insight, your experience, and all of your wisdom with us today. And thank yeah, you both for having me. This is, it's been fun. Ah, so our much pleasure. fun. All right. So um, that concludes our show today, guys. For all uh, of our listeners, viewers, wherever you are tuning in from, please make sure to like, subscribe. And to catch us on our next episode. If you have any uh, episode suggestions, whether it is topics you want to hear about, whether it's guests you'd like to see on our show, please shoot us an email at two cyberchicks at gmail.com. That is two and then cyberchicks at gmail.com. We will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Two Cyber Chicks Podcast with Erica.